Today's reading is taken from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, reading verses 13 to 16. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of a country that they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Well, it's good to hear from the Bennetts, isn't it? Let's keep that passage open in front of us, Hebrews chapter 11, and let's pray together. Father, please would you help us now as we look at your word. We pray you would, by your spirit, teach us uh, and help us as we look at these heroes of the faith in Hebrews 11, that we would learn from them and we would apply what we read here to our lives. Amen. Well, I wonder where your home is, where you consider to be home. Maybe it's the house you live in now. Maybe it's where you grew up. Maybe it's in a different country altogether. Our passage today challenges us to think about where really is our home? And do we consider this world to be our home? Is this world the main event? Or is it the world to come? And what we'll see in these verses that have been read is a real challenge to change the way we think and even to change our longings and our desires. So this passage, Hebrews chapter 11 and uh, verses 13 to 16, we keep focused on the patriarchs. Who are the patriarchs? Well, they are Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Abraham, his son Isaac and his son Jacob. And we read about them right towards the beginning of the Bible in the book of Genesis. And in Hebrews 11, in this chapter, the writer is going through the faith honours list, a whole list of Christian heroes of the faith from the Old Testament, going through a sort of Bible overview of faith. And we're still quite early on. We're with those patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And the writer pauses on them and teaches us three things at least. Well, we're going to pick up on three things from those verses. And the first is, we have not yet received the things promised. That was true of the patriarchs. They didn't receive the things promised. We see that in verse 13, don't we? Have a look at it. It says, all these people, now that's referring to those patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, they were still living by faith when they died, they did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. So those patriarchs, uh, God made promises to them. Uh, and what were those promises? Well, we heard about them last week when John was preaching, that God promised them that they would have descendants as numerous as the sand on the seashore or as numerous as the stars in the sky and that they would uh, possess a land, that God would give them a land. 
And what this verse is saying is they didn't receive those promises in their lifetime. They, they received uh, lots of God's promises that God fulfilled, but actually those promises were not fulfilled. By the time you get to the end of the book of Genesis, uh, at the end of Jacob's life, where have you got to? Well, Jacob has 12 sons, which is, well, that's not exactly as much as the sand on the seashore. In fact, it's not really enough sand to make, well, even a sandcastle. And they're not living in the land, they're in the land of Egypt. So at the end of Jacob's life, you go, well, actually the promises had not been fulfilled. And that means each one of those patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, though God had promised them, each one of them, descendants and land, every one of them on their deathbed would have thought, I've not received that. I've not received that promise yet. And so they died in faith, trusting that God would fulfill his promise. Now we have much to learn from those heroes of the faith, from Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, because we're surrounded by a culture which says you need to be fulfilled in this life. This life is all there is and so you better grab it by both hands and you better get as much out of it as you can and you must be fulfilled in this life. This life is what it's all about. And so we, even as Christians, can be impatient with this life and we can be impatient with God as well. Now, Christians, we, we do have so much, don't we? We have forgiveness through the cross of Jesus. We've been made children of God. We have God's spirit in us. But there is much that we have not received yet. Many of the things that God promises we haven't received. And when we die, we will need to die in faith. What promises? What things? Well, we could think about a couple of things. First, uh, uh, things to do with you. Uh, your body, for instance. We're promised that we will get resurrection bodies, glorious bodies, uh, bodies that won't suffer, bodies that won't die, imperishable. We thought about that in uh, 1 Corinthians 15. You could read about it again. But of course we recognise we don't have those bodies yet. And uh, we don't yet uh, have the kind of relationship with God that we're going to have in the future. Uh, when we feel that we're going through a dry spell in our relationship with God, we need to recognise that, yeah, we've got so much. We're children of God. But actually, for instance, in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says, in the future, we will know even as we are fully known. We don't have that yet. And uh, when it comes to the battle that goes on inside us between our sinful nature and the Holy Spirit, that still goes on in our lives and will go on through to the day that we die, that we will still sin, we will still mess up. We have not yet been made perfect, but one day we will. You see, in ourselves, in our bodies, in our relationship with God and in our battle with sin, we are not yet receiving what is promised. 
So we can think about it in terms of ourselves, but we can think about it in terms of the world as well, that we've not received the promises yet that God has promised in terms of what he will do to the world. We see around the world, don't we, sickness, we're very aware of that, of viruses, that there is evil, that there are wars, that there is death. And we heard recently, you may have seen David Attenborough uh, warning, uh, uh, doing a video of a warning of the dangers of global warming. Well, we need to remember that God's promise is a future promise for a new creation. You see, the Christian hope is not just an individual thing. It's about the whole of creation. In Romans 8, Paul talks about the creation longing for its liberation from its bondage to decay. It's about the whole of creation looking forward to coming out from this bondage to decay that we see all around us. But we're not there yet. And so actually Romans 8 is a good place to look because in Romans 8 it says, therefore our current state where we are now, uh, we groan. That's what it says, we groan, we, we moan, we're kind of like, we're not where we know God will take us, both for ourselves and for the whole of creation. Now we need to remember that, that God's promises, many of them are future, and we probably will need to die in faith, unless Jesus returns before then. We'll need to die in faith, trusting that that is what God will achieve. And we need to be careful, don't we? Because we, we shouldn't give the message that Christianity is all about fixing all our problems here and now. Oh, God does promise he will fix all our problems. The issue is timing, isn't it? That actually many of the things that we long that he would deal with are things that we're going to have to trust him for the future. Oh, he, he often deals with many of our things now, but there's a lot that is yet to come. So we need to learn from the patriarchs. They didn't receive everything that was promised. Uh, and we too need to learn that actually uh, we have not yet received many of the things that are promised. Second thing we need to learn from the patriarchs is uh, that we are strangers in the world. And again, we see this modelled for us in the patriarchs. So have a look at verses, well, we'll start at the beginning of verse 13 again, go through to verse 15. It says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they're looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. That's saying, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, they said they were aliens and strangers. And you can look back in Genesis chapter 23, verse 4, you can see Abraham actually saying he's an alien and, and a stranger in the land. Because, you see, God had called Abraham from his homeland and said he was going to take him to a promised land. And so Abraham left, left his home and went to that country. Uh, and in that country, he said, I, I'm an alien and a stranger. Now, the writer of Hebrews is saying, actually, 
he didn't just mean he's an alien and a stranger. In other words, he's not back at home where he was before. Because, the writer says, if that had been the case, he could have gone back home. No, what Abraham was saying, he's saying, is uh, that he's an alien and a stranger on earth. That Abraham was saying, this earth is not my home. I'm an alien and a stranger. And, and that language is picked up uh, by Peter at the beginning of his first letter, where he says, he writes to Christians and he says, to God's elect aliens and strangers in the world. I wonder, do you see yourself that way? Do you see yourself as a stranger? Not do you see yourself as strange? That's a whole different issue. But no, do you see yourself as a stranger on this earth? Because as we've said, our temptation is to make this world our home. Because that's what the world around us tells us to do. The people we live amongst think this life is all there is. So build your home here. Grab all you can. That's why people struggle with fear of missing out, isn't it? They want to grab everything they can now, but what if actually it would be better if I lived somewhere else or if I had a different job? What if things were different? Could I, could I be having a more fulfilling life? And so people focus on uh, fulfilment now and on saving the planet. You've got to save the planet because if this is all there is, then we've got to keep it. We've got to keep it good. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't uh, be looking after the planet because it, it was created by God. Of course, we should be looking after it. But the Christian hope is better. It is that this world is not our home which is a good thing because if we're realistic, if we look at this world and our lives, we've got to recognise it is temporary. Maybe that's become more apparent to us over the last year with the virus going around and the number of deaths from it. Uh, we've got to recognise this life is fleeting, isn't it? One day, the house that maybe you call your home, you will leave it for the last time. One day, your job will come to an end. One day, your children will leave home. And one day, and this is a particularly depressing thought, one day, amongst your family and friends, one of you will see all the rest buried or their funeral. This world is temporary. But the Christian home, but the Christian view is this is not your home anyway. Don't make it your home. You're an alien here. You're a stranger here. So don't try to make this your home. Don't invest so much in this world, in this life. It would be an odd traveller, wouldn't it? I know we're, we're all looking forward to the time when we can travel. It would be an odd traveller if you, if you were flying overseas, or if you were going on holiday overseas. Oh, we long for that day, don't we? Uh, but if you were going on holiday overseas, it would be a very odd traveller who spent most of their time and invested their money and their thinking into, into what it's going to be like at the airport. Now, you don't do that, do you? You don't think, well, what clothes do I really need at the airport? What, what, what restaurants are there going to be at the airport? And, uh, and how can I make the airport as comfortable as I can? What, uh, maybe I'll spend some money to make it really comfortable there. 
No, you don't do that because you're not there for long. You're going to your destination. That's what you think about. That's what you invest in. Well, so too this life is short, it is temporary, and we're just travelling through on the way to glory, on the way to heaven. So, therefore, don't store up treasures here. That's what Jesus says. Where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. No, store up treasures in heaven. This world is not your home. Lastly, long for the heavenly country. Well, again, the patriarchs are our models for this, aren't they? Uh, Have a look at verse 16. It says, Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Saying, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, they weren't really focused on that land in the Middle East, the land of Canaan. They were looking for a heavenly country, a better country. And so it says, uh, God was not ashamed to be called their God. As you read through the Old Testament, you see sometimes God calls himself the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. God's saying, I'm not ashamed to be their God, because they were longing for a better country, a heavenly country. And notice the verb that's used. They were longing for this. This is about a deep yearning. Uh, It's like they were homesick for this country. I wonder if you've ever been homesick. Maybe in your childhood you've been homesick. When you're homesick, you long with every fibre of your being to be back home. And everything that you see around you or everything you experience is either a reminder of home or it's not as good as home. So you just want to get there. You want to get back there. Well, the patriarchs longed for the heavenly country, and we need to as well. Do you? Do you long for that heavenly country? I want to suggest, if you're a Christian, I think you do long for that heavenly country. Maybe you just haven't quite connected the dots. I want to help you connect the dots. What we need to do is we need to realise that our groanings that we thought about before are really longings. So when you groan about your body, that it's not the way you'd love it to be, make that a longing for the future resurrection body that God promises for those who've trusted in Christ. When you're feeling spiritually dry, turn that into a longing for Uh, the future intimacy, uh, uh, intimate relationship we will have with Jesus in the future. When you're aware of your sin and that you've messed up again, yes, turn to Jesus again and ask for forgiveness and rejoice in the forgiveness we have through his death if we've turned to him. Uh, But then also turn that into a longing for the day when we will sin no more. And when we see the world around us and the problems and the difficulties and the virus and the illnesses and the evil around us and even climate change, turn that into a longing for the world that Jesus says he will create, a longing for that future country. Now, you may be thinking, well, how can we know? How can we know that future country is a definite reality? It sounds wonderful. How do we know? And the answer is we've seen a foretaste already because the king of that country came and lived among us. We sang of him, we sang of Jesus earlier, didn't we, when we sang, who is this man? He healed the sick, calmed the storm, 
He raised the dead. You see, as you watch Jesus in his life, if you read of him in the Gospels, you see a foretaste of that future country. And when he died, he died in our place that we might be forgiven if we'll turn to him. His death can be our death. And when he rose to life again, he rose so that those who've trusted in him will have resurrection life and will be able to be in that heavenly country. It's all lined up for us by Jesus, through Jesus, and can be ours if we have faith in Jesus. It was one for us and we've seen a foretaste of it. So come to Christ and trust in Christ. And let's imitate the patriarchs, living and dying by faith. Yeah, they didn't receive all that was promised, and uh, we won't either unless Jesus comes back before we die. We've got to recognise we're strangers in this world. And we need to long for that heavenly country, to long to be with Jesus and to be with him forever in that glorious new creation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray, please, that you would help us uh, to put our trust in Christ. Father, we pray for those who haven't yet, that they would turn to Jesus. And for those who have, that we would uh, live rightly in this world, not living with this world as our home, recognising that so many of your promises are about the future, that we don't have them yet, but to keep trusting you and to long for that heavenly country. Amen.